broadcasting from Chico, California. This is the Barbless Fly Fishing Podcast, where we discuss NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries science and management, conservation, and more. No better, fish better. Here's your host, Hogan Brown. Hey, everybody. This is Hogan Brown. Welcome to the Barbless Podcast. It is April 19th, and uh, wow, does it look like spring. Um it is, what does it say on my, uh, it says it's 64. And I think by the end of the week, it's supposed to be in the eighties, which, uh, will feel like 110. Cause I don't think it's been that hot in a long time. I, uh, think got up to 70 over Easter weekend. And I, I think it was a lacrosse game or a soccer game. I, they, they kind of all blur together. I was sitting in a lawn chair at something on a grass or turf field, and uh, it was like in the seventies and I was just thinking I was dying. It was so hot. I was just sitting, I'm like, God, it's gotta be like 90 degrees out. And then I looked at my watch. It was like 70. So I can only imagine 80 degrees this uh, into this week, into the weekend is going to be uh, warm, but at the same time, I- I'm ready for it. I am, I'm done with the cold. I'm done with the rain and, uh, I'm ready for uh, flip-flop shorts and all the great things that heat bring. So uh had a pretty busy couple weeks. It's been a bit. Um, been guiding on Lake Orville. Spring has sprung on the uh, Inland Ocean and having some great days. Fish are big. We're going to talk to our guests a little bit about that today as well, but that's been fishing well. Um, been poking around on the, on the rivers for the, the migratory stripers, but the, the Sacramento where I spend most of my time is still pretty high and muddy, but, um, did talk to some folks today that, uh, there are fish in and, um, they're starting to get them on some more like buzz bait, you know, chatter bait type of stuff that really throws off some, some pressure waves and stuff that they can find. But, uh, was, uh, went down to the river today to kind of look at it and we're probably still a few days away from, uh, you know, clarity that I would say I'm comfortable, uh, fishing with flies. So, uh, soon though, and the fish are there. So we'll, uh, we'll get out and get them when it's ready. Um, I took both the boys down last week and fished the Delta with a Cal Bass union member and a, a dear friend of mine, Bryce. Uh, Bryce Tedford, uh, Captain Bryce Tedford. And, uh, we had a great day. It, um, you know, we, we, we ran into a little wind, but man, I'll tell you, you know, if these, these guys that guide the Delta, you know, you think you're out in the middle of nowhere in the sense of like wide open, letting the wind rip across, but, uh, their ability to find wind breaks, know where they need to be, where the wind is blowing and knowing that if they go this way and that way and find this bank that, basically looks the same as every other bank we just drove by. Uh, a is out of the wind and B is going to hold fish. It, uh, it's pretty amazing. You know, there's, there's not many guides anymore out there on the Delta doing it at the level that, you know, Bryce and Costello and Toby are doing it, but, uh, it's always a fun day out there and it's just such an amazing fishery. Um, I, I don't think I cast at all. I sat and talked and watched the boys fish, but both boys caught plenty of nice fish. Uh, I did, I did feel bad for him as you know, usually our Delta program is I wake him up at some ungodly hour in the morning, four thirty or something, and basically 
throw them in the car and say, okay, now go back to sleep. And they wake up somewhere, you know, around South Sacramento. But, uh, this time they slept pretty much all the way to the boat ramp. And so they're a little groggy when we throw them in the boat and get going. But, uh, you know, the first two spots, they hooked the Oliver hooked a, an absolute monster in one of the spots ended up breaking it off. And, uh, first fish of the day, first spot, first probably 50 yards of fishing. Uh, he <clears throat> hooked one of the biggest, well, hooked the biggest fish of the day, I think. And, uh, actually broke the loop. Like the loop came back broken and, uh, you know, heartbreaker for all, all parties involved. But, uh, at the same time, <laughs> pretty bum luck to hook a giant fish when you've just come out of the car half asleep and you're just dusting off the cobwebs, um, shaking it out on the first spot. So Beckett also hooked a really nice fish. We actually saw it. It was a good fish came unbuttoned, but, uh, you know, well, at least we saw it. the Oliver's fish we did not see, which will haunt our dreams and haunt us for, I don't know, a while. So, um, tons of fishing, man. I mean, the, the guys are absolutely whacking them up on the, on the sack up in the trout water. I know. And, uh, we're gonna talk to our guests about the Yuba quite a bit. And, um, you know, the walk and wade fisheries are probably, of flush with water, but, uh, you know, there's going to be some stuff to fish, you know, the lakes, it's going to be a great year for the lakes as they fill up and such. So other news, just, uh, been tying some flies. I, uh, starting to see some of my first early, uh, factory samples for my new flies that'll be coming out this year through Rio. I got a, I got a bunch of new stuff I sent in that I'm pretty excited about some striper carp bass and uh, trout stuff. So, Lots of new stuff to share with people as it uh, starts reaching kind of release time of flies, which is usually in the the summer and fall. So music wise, man, um, I've been listening to uh, uh, an artist by the name of Colton Moore. Um, I'm sure if I say that a bunch of people will be like, oh, you just discovered Colton Moore. But uh, no, I I did just discover Colton Moore. Um, Been listening to his albums not a lot of new music that I've listened to that's uh, been coming out, just new music to me. Um, so I've, I've been listening to Colton Moore. Um, Dave Haas has a new album coming out that uh, I've been listening to him as they've slowly, slowly released the singles. Uh, you know, they do that. Um, been listening to the new hold steady album, the price of progress. That's a good one. Um, I've never been a huge hold steady fan. I, I think the singing has always, it just, it's a, it's such a unique style that I, it just hasn't connected with me, but I do like a lot of it. And, uh, the music is always impeccable. So I always give any new hold steady album, uh, a good thorough, few times listening through um other stuff uh oh one of my buddies turned me on to a uh hip-hop artist by the name of nf he had a new album uh titled hope i've been listening to that one that one's a good one um so yeah i guess you know i guess a lot of new music a lot of new music but other than that not a ton uh just excited for it to be spring and uh, 
kind of in that that vein. Um, tell you a little bit about my guest. Our our guest this episode is a young man by the name of Ben Thompson, Captain Ben Thompson. I I, I call him young because he's younger than me, so uh, he will be called young. But uh, Ben spends over the last couple of years. I I would have to say Ben has spent more days on the Lower Yuba than any guide I know. Uh, definitely more than me. You know, I'm at the point where all I got on the Lower Yuba is just encyclopedic history, which keeps me, I think, relevant in the sense of when I do go out there, I can do pretty well. But uh, I definitely do not spend the time on that river that I used to. And uh, Ben does. Um, Ben's guiding that river anywhere from 100, I think he was on it 120 days one year, something insane. Um, So he's got a lot of of knowledge and just kind of a, a lot of time, right? Time on the Yuba is really the key to that river, I think. And uh, I wanted to have him on because these high water years, the river changes, right? And uh, kind of give start kind of a trout preview series. I, I take a, I take some heat because we don't we don't give the trout enough uh, enough play on the Barbless podcast. So we're we're talking trout, Yuba trout in particular today. So. Uh, talk about what Ben's seen out there. He was out there just the other day and he's been out there a lot throughout the winter and fall as uh, a lot of people haven't, you know, it's been a big winter on the Yuba, but there has been windows and we kind of talk about what to expect in these high water years and what the summer looks like, because the summer following a high water year on the Yuba is usually some of the best dry fly fishing um, that you will see on the Yuba. So Wanted to kind of get everyone prepped up for a, a summer of trout fishing and some uh, time on the water. So hopefully you enjoy Captain Ben Thompson, and uh, we will talk to you and uh, share some stories with you next time. Take care. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Barbless Podcast. This is Hogan Brown. And uh, gosh, it is the 19th of April, and uh, it actually looks like spring outside. So we're going to talk about a little spring themed fishing. I have a dear friend of mine as a guest, Captain Ben Thompson. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Yuba and kind of the stuff we got coming up. We're going to do a little series here of uh, trout season previews. Um, I always take a lot of grief for not being, uh, not giving the trout enough time, (laughs) airwave. So we're going to, we're going to give the trout their due as we approach the last Saturday in April. So uh, before we get started, Ben, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I'm uh, out of Chico, California. I've been here for about two years and um, full-time fly fishing guide on the Yuba, lower Yuba, the feather, the sack, and uh, Lake Orville chasing trout, steelhead, and stripers all year. So, yeah. That's it. That's that's pretty much it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I could take you from step one from how I got into fly fishing. But, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was I was think I don't know if you told me the a while back, but I, I as as soon as you said this, I had to stop and think, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I think you have logged probably more days on the Lower Yuba the last couple of years than any guide I know. It's a lot. <laughs> it's been, a lot. It's been a lot. And so in so 2022, how many days did you do? Last year I did 266 trips on the Yuba. No, no total. Okay, 
um, on the Yuba 67. Okay. So that's, that's quite the, a bit. Yeah. The year before that was like 120 or 130. And that was a bit too much. <laughs> it's like the same six mile stretch. You know? I was just going to say, it's like, yeah. being a Chico now, it's really nice to be able to mix it up, you know? Yeah. The same six miles. Yeah. The same six. It's, I mean, God bless the Yuba, but if you're <laughs> rowing the same six miles, that's, that's uh what is it? The, uh, groundhog day over and over. <laughs> so, uh, so with that, you know, kind of one of the things I wanted to talk about is a lot of people are, you know, we're coming out of this huge winter. Um, and I always say, you know, back in the old days, we used to not be able to fish the Yuba from say December to May. And, uh, this year that's, that's kind of shaken out to some degree just because of all the winter. But, um, kind of talk about what you've seen. Cause I know you've been out there a lot lately or as much as anyone. And then, uh, what you kind of think going forward, the summer is going to look like out there. So when was the last time you were out there? Uh, Sunday I was out there. Sunday. So the river, what, what are the conditions out there? So the water clarity is good. Um, the bugs are hatching. We saw a lot of PMDs. We saw some golden stones. Wow. We saw, um, a couple black caddis and um, a few a few others. The uh, the water's big, obviously. Yeah, how big is it? What was it like five? As of today, it's forty five hundred, but over the last week or two, it's been fluctuating between forty five hundred and five k or so. Gotcha. And so, is that? And I I don't think that is, but that's not coming over the dam yet, right? Like that's released. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. When you say fluctuating, and I'm I'm sure you're hypothesizing like I am, where is that fluctuation coming from? Well, I just looked at Dream Flows, and it was like 5K just the other day, and then down and up in between. Yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. wonder if they're moving around water or what's I mean, going I on. I think they're probably just nervous about all the runoff. <laughs> you know, they don't know yeah. what to calculate, per se. Yeah, because that is a tough watershed, I would imagine, to calculate runoff and storage with all the forks and multiple reservoirs. Right. Bullard's and O'Brien. Yeah. It's not like the Both feather water coming in. No. Yeah. Well, and it's not like the feather, like you got all the forks that dump into Orville. So calculate the, you know what I mean? Right. That one you got, you know, Spalding, you got Inglebright, Bullard's and you got three, three forks dumping into a cup. Yeah. That's a tough one. So in previous years, I have, I remember, and there's always, I can, I lose track of the high water years, but the last high water year as you and me were vibing before we hit record here was 2019. Yes. Yeah. So 2019, we had a big spring and, um, you know, it took a while to clear up just like this year. Yeah. But once it did, it was game on. Yeah. And, um, that translated into a great hopper season. Over yeah. The, the couple years after that, when we had a good flow. So yeah. the hopper season outlook this year, I'm really excited to throw some big bugs, big dries and, uh, not yeah. look at a bobber for a while. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was, I was trying to think about it and I, I, I guess it's age or whatnot, but I want to say there was a big winner in 2000 or we came out of a, a big winter, 2004, 2005. And I remember that was the year that the first year that I fished the chubby Chernobyl. And it was like, we fished chubby Chernobyls all summer. And I remember the water didn't get down until like, or maybe it was 2005, 2006. I don't remember, but one of those, um, the water didn't come down from like four or 5,000 until like June, end of June, first part of July. 
Yeah, I think you it's going to be big for yeah. most of the summer, you know. Yeah. So that's good. I really enjoy, you know, in 2019, it was, you know, more and 2020 it was like good flow so throughout summer we were able to throw the hoppers right on the banks you know how you want to yeah and then like each year there just seemed after that it was like less water so there's not any flow on the banks yes and so i'm like having people throw hoppers like in the middle of tailouts and like they were still eating it but i'd rather throw it on the bank you know yeah and it's it seems like there's that flow where it comes about a it's like a foot to I guess 12 inches, 10 inches right on the edge of the willows. And that is the, like, there's just enough water for them to feel safe and they'll come in and enough current in the middle to push them to the banks, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, running a lot in the middle of the river and the seams, you know, it's not always as easy as just, just keep banging the banks. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaner drifts. So one thing you said was seeing the bugs, you know, it's, there's this common, I think in guys that have fished the Yuba a lot that when the high water, when we have these big water winters, that it completely scours that river, you know? Yeah. So that did not happen. That's fake news. (laughs) Whoever says that it's, it's not true. So, um, I mean, January, we had that huge, you know, yeah. around New Year's. So it was pretty much a bust. I wasn't out there like at all. It was just torched, right? February, um, in between storms, I had about a, a week long window where we were pulling off good squall days. Wow. We had some good dry fly fishing for about a week. We were getting them to rise. I was, I was double lapping, you know, the hatch was better up high. So I was going from the green gate up above 20 down to Sycamore nymphing in the morning and then lap back up. And then we were getting squall eats every time right out of the boat ramp. Yeah. Just going right there. We were getting yeah. whacked. So there was bugs then. And then another big storm hit. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. You know, one yeah. big again. And then I was out there at the end of March, and that's when I actually saw even more bugs than the other day. There was. Wow. I mean, there I saw more squallows towards the end of March than I did in February. Yeah. I saw the March Browns, Caddis, big PMD hatches. And so the bugs are definitely there. And, you know, the it, fish are definitely there, too. It, yeah. It's funny how in some, you know, in some of the high water years that I remember, I remember one summer fishing it or guiding it during the summer. And it was like, there was no bugs. And I visibly remember, I just in my mind, I have this image of trout jumping out of the water and tailwaters chasing dragonflies. Cause I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like, times. yeah, I'm like fucking cabinet is bare, you know, <laughs> all bad. Yeah. All bad. You know? So like why in some years it scours the snot out of the river and in others it doesn't well, I, I don't I know i think when you're thinking of it went over 100k yes yes and yes it did not do that this winter i think about the highest it got was like 30k gotcha you're right it would been i don't know that's a big difference that's that is a big difference yeah thanks for bringing me back to earth yeah <laughs> polishing off some some uh, cobwebs in my memory uh but yeah, you're right. I do remember that because it was, I think around the year my parents moved here and my dad was doing laps back and forth between their ranch up there. And every time you drive over, you're like, holy shit, it's gotten bigger. Holy shit, it's gotten bigger. <laughs> you know. So yeah, well, that's good. I mean, I think there's this common assumption that when it blows out, there's no bugs, but I mean, no. it sounds like it's going well. There's plenty of bugs, but I mean, it is definitely in these tough, in these bigger flows this year, it's going to be tougher for the bank anglers for sure. No doubt. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about the other day and I think every single spot where we caught fish, like there's zero chance you could have done that from the bank. Yeah. But not to say that they can't, you know, get in some of those inside seams and 
pick some pockets, you know? Yeah. And that's, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about that too. The other day as I was thinking about back to like the last high water summer and floating it and stuff. And it was like, I don't know if that, cause I was thinking, I'm like, Oh, there's not bank fishing access or that like when I'm in my boat, I'm like, I'm fishing all the shit that the bank guys can't fish. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like I now have that option because usually you don't have that option. Uh-huh. So I, I I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to, there's going to be options, but I, you know, the thing in the Yuba and this is, as we back up, like when the flows are high, you can't cross it. Right. And that's where, you know, in the low water years, guys could get basically anywhere else could get anywhere on the river. And yeah. So, you know, like March of like 2020, you know, out there trying to, trying to, trying to guide and like yeah. everyone had just gotten laid off and there was like a banky every 50 yards all the way there down was. the river. Yeah. It was like the most stressful thing I ever did in my life. Like I was like, I don't know if I'm going to find a spot. Like yes. we did, we did, but it was, it was stressful. No, no, it's funny. I can totally remember that. Cause it was, I don't know what, I think there was a time period in there where like, I'd been sitting on these after phone calls and hearing like how fast our sport was growing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, well, it's not that bad out there. Yeah, and then like, I remember I did a float on the Yuba and I was just like, Holy shit. Where did all these people dude, come it was from? Wild. Like everyone got laid off and then they were like, Hmm, I guess I'll go talk to the local fly shop. And they're like, Oh yeah. Squalas are on. And they're like, okay, <laughs> back them up boys. We're going to the Yuba. Right. Yeah. And they're like, we'd go past dudes, like just float by a wave. And we like, they're on their Bluetooth on a business call while they're fishing. Cause they can't be oh, there yeah. in person. Totally. And then like, I mean, I had dudes hitting me up every time they got a stimmy check they'd hit me <laughs> up for another trip, you know? So it was just like, everyone was fishing. It was nuts. Yeah. That's really where I was like, oh shit, maybe there are a lot of people starting to fly fish. Yeah. yeah. And that is, you know, that it's with the high water. I mean, it's obviously going to spread a people out on the river in the sense of like, the boats are going to, I've always like when the flows high, cause I always tell people like, the guides and the boats have their zones and then the weight anglers have their zones and there's right. enough water for everybody. And I think there's kind of a happy medium probably somewhere in there and around 2,500, you yeah. know, CFS. That's a good flow for everybody. I yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just excited. I was getting real over that low and clear last oh, spring running five yeah. X all the time, losing a ton of bugs. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm not going lower than four X. Sure. <laughs> There's no need. No. And I, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I was, I was racking my brain as I knew we were going to talk about this. Like I don't, I don't rem, I remember in those higher water years that it was, you could get away with bigger tippet. That's when I started fishing a lot bigger bugs, uh-huh. you know? And you know, the bigger dries were definitely it. And the other thing I was, I, and I don't know this for a fact, but those higher flows seem to push fish towards the bank. Right. You know, that's, I mean, right now, like the other day, you know, we're just hunting for that soft, those soft edges. Right. And yeah, definitely throwing some bigger stuff. I haven't been doing super well on tiny, tiny bugs. Like I generally do yeah. know, this time of year. So, you know, they're eating rubber legs, they're eating good size, you know, uh, Mercer's poxy back PMDs. They're eating, you know, sizable meals. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. You know, they, they, I have to think they haven't eaten well for a while, but at the same time, like if there's bugs, they're going to eat. Um, 
But you would think, and I, I try to think through it of like when the fish do get pushed to the bank, the bank anglers just have to be a little bit more methodical. Yeah. They got to use the John Bayaki stealth yeah. maneuvers. And yeah. The, start right on the bank. Yes. Absolutely. And that was kind of a tip I was going to give them is like, you know, it's like when I'm in the boat, I'm having my clients throw literally right on the bank mm-hmm. and the bank angler is then walking into that zone. Yep. Right. So like that old Bayaki, I don't even know if it's old, but you know, dude standing 10 feet back casting at the soft water, right. you know, is definitely, I think a game that's going to need to be played this summer for sure. Yeah. Um, what, did, what were you seeing? Were there any bugs on the surface? Any guys, any fish coming up to eat? So we were looking, um, we did not see any sippers. We saw a few jump clear out of the water yeah. chasing emergers, yeah. you know, but we did not see any sippers, but there was definitely plenty of bugs out. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they're still kind of acclimating to this big water. You know? Yeah. I think, uh, in last month when I was out there, we did see a few risers, um, in certain spots, but, um, nothing, nothing this, this month so far. Yeah. Interesting. So as the summer goes, what do you kind of, when, when are you going to plan to start fishing big dries? So it's kind of interesting. It's, it's changed for me over the last few years. You know, a lot of people will say July, August, yeah. start hopper fishing, but, um, so not last summer, but the one before it was like late May and I had a guy who really wanted to throw dries and I was like, let's throw a hopper on there and <laughs> yeah. see what the heck happens. Right? Yeah. And he crushed it. That's and like, it was a sleeper thing. Like, I don't think anyone was doing it and yeah. we were having like really good, we were starting like early in the morning, like they're eating them right off the bat. Yeah. And so we started, yeah, late May that year and ran it that year, you know, into like early September. And Which then, is odd because you never see grasshoppers in May. I've been hearing them though. Really? I'm really? already hearing them. So That's cool. I mean, and you know, how, how often do you actually see the grasshopper floating down? The yeah, river? never. Not it's that a myth. often, right? Yeah. So it's like, are they just wanting to come up and eat something big? <laughs> totally. Big legs? Totally. Or, you know? Totally. I don't know how to explain it. But last year, the hopper season was definitely tougher and it definitely started later. So yeah. this year, I mean, I'll, there's certain spots where I like know, like, if they're going to eat hoppers, they're going to eat. That's the spot. So like yeah. even if I have somebody that's nymphing most of the day, we'll throw a hopper through there. Yeah. And if we start getting wax, you know, yeah, I'll start calling my dry or die guy. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so with the hoppers and this is one thing I, I are you fishing like a, a hopper dropper rig a lot of the time? You know what I've found up out there? Well, <clears throat> is that if you really want them to eat the hopper, in my opinion, you don't throw a dropper. That's kind of been mine over the years like, as well. Really? Don't give them a choice. And that, that also comes from, you know, one of my best clients, uh, JB, shout out to JB. He's a dry or die or <laughs> guy only, right? Yeah. He will not nymph and he will not let me run droppers okay. on his hopper. Gotcha. So, and he has consistently had the best hopper fishing days in my boat every single year Yeah. that I've done this. Yeah. Um, and he's got no dropper, you know, long leader and he's getting whacked and I'm, I'm also, you know, the hopper that I like to run the most can't support a ton of weight. Gotcha. You know, so, yeah. so some people will go for that in, in between, you know, hopper, double tungsten and dropper, but that's tough for a lot of people to cast. It is. Yeah. S- certain situations. It's, it's great. Yeah. I love it. But in my opinion, if I'm like, if you want to commit 
you know, yeah. to the dry, we're going to do it. Yeah. We're not going to mess around. Yeah. And if it sucks, then we can go back to the bobber. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if the client's down. Yeah. So, but certainly, you know, hopper dropper in the skinny riffles, you know, when they're chomp PMDs and caps yeah. and stuff like that can definitely be effective. But if yeah. we're true hopper fishing, I don't like it. I, I do think it makes a difference. I, I, in my experience, I've seen, I, I think if you give them the choice to eat a nymph, or a hopper, they're probably going to eat the nymph. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to get their attention first, if Absolutely. that makes sense. Yeah. But big. I also, I've never experiment, experimented with it a ton. I usually just pull off the dropper because it's easier for people to cast if they're like, hey, we're pounding the banks. You right. know what I mean? It's easier for them to measure that. Because a lot of times I find when you're fishing the hoppers on the bank, like, it's true like Montana style where like you got to put it right on that shade line or right tucked back into that cove right. and a dropper fucks up people's casting measurement. Totally. Right. Like totally. they're not, they're thinking chubby Chernobyl or dry fly, not dropper. And nine times out of 10, the droppers hung in the bushes. Right. You know? So it's, I've always looked at it as more of like a practical thing, but I, I hear what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Anything I say is just my opinion. Yeah, no, mine too. And <laughs> Lord knows we're probably correct. <laughs> just kidding. So I do, I do like that. And that's one thing that I never, the last high water year, I never did much, but I did with, um, I fished that way with John Fischetti up on, uh, hat Creek oh. is that like dropper tungsten in the skinny water right you know like out in the open right like no structure just fishing it in the riffle mm -hmm. and uh i mean it obviously works up there and that's not something i've ever done on the yuba but i would imagine it's pretty effective now do you, you got to get out and wade fish that though right usually or do you are you doing that from the boat no i'll have people if they you know say if they want to throw dries but they uh but they're not eating the hopper that good. Yeah. Uh, and if I can tell they can cast and not tangle up like crazy, no, <laughs> I'll throw a chubby on there Yeah, with two tungsten droppers, you know, four feet below it. Yeah. And then just have them water loaded almost from the boat or yeah. Know, in the skinny of, water, Belgian yeah. cast and no, we'll run drifts with it. I don't, oh, wow. I don't fish off anchor a ton. I don't know. It's just my stuff. Yeah. No, I never have either. So, I mean, I'm happy to, to back row as much as I need to, but yeah, when you're trying to fish two people off anchor and then they're tangling into each other and yeah. you know, having a feed line. And yeah. Just, I mean, it's situational, but you know, yeah. um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't get out very much on the Yuba. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I just haven't done that. The, you know, the beauty of the Yuba is there's like 5,000 different ways to fish it. Totally. And I've been loving the big water, you know, all the side channels are in play. Oh, cause you have so much options oh, now. It's same thing on the feather too. You know, so much water is just, you get to fish a bunch of new spots. And then that's another thing with all the storms this winter, you know, the Yuba's changed a lot. Yeah. Talk about that. What have you seen so, out there? Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the whole long Island. Yeah. So below that, um, well, a, it, the side channel there blew out into the main river, which is kind of cool. It's a unique spot. Yeah. And then how it drops back in has changed multiple times. This winter. <laughs> <laughs> like three or four times every storm, it seems like. And then the flow changes and like the island uh, below it is, is kind of, it's going over the top of it now, but right where the side channel dumps in, there's a really nice run there. And we've been catching fish on the inside line of that. Yeah. And then that whole, you know, rattlesnake run below. Yeah. 
Long Island is just completely different now. That's cool. I think the bank anglers are going to have a tougher time fishing it now because it's much deeper and much wider than it was. Yeah. And then you got that new project on the north side. Yes. Okay. They did a big, uh, um, like habitat, you know, spawning gravel or yeah. I don't know. Supposedly, I can't tell if it's spawning gravel or if it's, I think it's stuff. So the, supposedly the fish can hide behind it in the big water, but like gotcha. most of the time it's dry in there. We're just a puddle, but they ended up taking out quite a bit of rock. And then that levee blew out much higher. So it's kind of connecting them oh, just that's a cool. little bit way down. Yeah. It's cool. But it's also, I think a lot of that rock already got washed out and started to fill in the clay banks run. Oh Yeah. So, it doesn't seem like there's a, a steep of a drop off at the clay banks. Now it's more gradual. Um, Cause that thing was a, uh, that dropped into Hades. Yeah. That dropped deep. Right. Yeah. And now I think it's flattened out. Gotcha. So, you know, these rock projects, I don't know if they're, they're helping or, or not. I don't know. I'm just, a, I'm just, just, a, just a fishing guy. I'm just, just a dude out there. Just but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that changed some stuff uh, down below. Sycamore changed, and and you know, anytime a run changes on the Yuba, because I've done it a lot of times, I like that. You know, oh, figuring yes. out how to fish it the new way and just new. One thing that I've always found out there, and so when runs change, you can always tell where they've changed because the gravel's white, right? You know yeah. what I mean? The gravel's clean. Uh-huh. And one thing I've always found out there is it's hard to get fish off that clean gravel. Have you found that? I'm not sure. No. no. So that, that was one thing that I would always look for is like, if I'm fishing through a run and you know, you'll see it now if you're out, I'm sure you probably don't, uh, the water's probably getting pretty clear, but like it's clear, but it's big. It's still hard. To yeah. See <laughs> yeah. So like, you'll see these areas as the river drops where like you have that new, new gravel and it's white. And then you'll have like the, the dirtier gravel, which you know has been there for a while and it has uh-huh. like biomass on it. And I always found that it, those fish would prefer the old gravel with the biomass on it versus the new gravel. And I don't know if there's anything to that or if that was just in my head, but that was always something I noticed. Yeah. Maybe more bugs in there. Yeah. I I've always thought that I was, I don't think I've ever told anybody that, but that was, I would always, there's a couple flats. I remember where I'd like the line had to be on the, the old gravel because they just wouldn't hold on that white because when it's new like turned over uh-huh. it pops right you know what i'm saying yeah and they just wouldn't hold on that so yeah i don't know but lots of new changes out there it's nice mixing it up yeah i haven't i went out there well me and you did a two-boat trip a yep. while back uh-huh. and that was but it's changed again since it has then. yeah yeah it has yeah and rattlesnake that would that is one run that has disappeared over the years that was like I missed that run. That was a good run. <laughs> I mean, up until lately with the massive changes, that was one of my favorite runs in the river, you know? Yeah. I, I'm still kind of dialing it in right now, you know? So, but I'm, I'm stoked. It seems a lot deeper at the top. So I think once the flows kind of relax a little bit, yeah. it should be, it should be money. Yeah. It's amazing how over the years, the river channel has widened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like sure. and leveled out and, you know, and then I think that, that with the drought years that made, that made it a much more stressful environment because there was not deep water in a lot of spots, you mm-hmm. know? So hey, what else have you noticed out there? Have you seen, um, have you seen any, uh, any salmon or anything moving around? It's a little early for the summer fish start no, coming in, but I haven't seen any salmon. Um, notable. We, 
I think we've only caught one or two steelhead this whole yeah spring not that i've been out there a ton because it was blown out yeah but like the years leading up to this i mean we were catching a lot of lost feather fish you know yeah it doesn't seem like many clipper fish american fish yeah. coming up here that were yeah. really american fish and i don't know if there's just enough water on the feather in the american that they're deciding to go there and not yeah. the yuba but i'm actually shocked that we haven't gotten more because i've got kind of used to it <laughs> it is kind of a <laughs> nice surprise few, you know sometimes they're even a little bit dumber than the than the, they, than the, the yeah, trout, you know they, they, they are but they are. uh the other day actually we noticed we had a uh, clearly a couple of just little hatchery trout that had washed over in the bright, <laughs> like just totally destroyed, you know, yeah. saggy dorsal, you know, oh, like the captive trout. whales, yeah. you know, and beat up fins. And uh, so there's a few of those, you know, hopefully they can't uh, mix in with the wild trout. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely inferior DNA. <laughs> definitely, no question. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, they've been eating suck spawn, you know, they've been, they've been eating, um, kind of a bunch of different stuff. It doesn't seem like they're super specific. I think, you know, one thing with the big water is it's because there's so much water, it's kind of condensing them in that soft water. So yeah. There's a few spots where they're just like, Oh, they're stacked here. Yeah. I remember that there was a winter and I think you and me were talking about that. It was like when the water was at like five, you know, because even with the widening of the river channel, I've found that like old flow references. So like if I was like 10 years ago at 5,500, well, that's a completely different river channel. Like that flow reference doesn't even pan out. Like, right. cause I remember, I don't know. I think it was 2006, 2005, somewhere around there. And like 4,500 CFS was like, you got two spots to fish. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, there's a lot more than that. And right that's now. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I think 5K, with K, it felt, it feels fine. Yeah, with the wider river channel and kind of the leveling of it because of the recent, say, last 20 to 30 years of high water. Like, 4,500 isn't as high as it used to be. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I but, mean, there's still a lot of spots where it feels like, okay, you either got to land this quick or <laughs> we're going to lose like this a spot. Right. Yeah. Here, yeah. 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 Know? Cause I don't really want to chase it. Like if you think it's a big dog, we'll chase it, but yeah. you know, yeah, so you got to make a decision it's right not now. As much real estate as normal. Like the old dam run, you know, the graffiti yeah. wall. Yeah. 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 Like normally one of my a spots, complete trash this year. I don't think I've, I don't even know if really? I pulled a fish out of there. Wow. This year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, if it, that's I mean, heartbreaking. Obviously the main, the main drop is just way too fast a current, but I've tried fishing it on either side and just, I don't know. It hasn't been great. So that's I interesting. Mean, but those Yuba fish move around. What do you think about that? How come you think they're like stacked in one spot one day and then in a different spot the yeah. other day? Yeah. And it almost seems like if you find them, you got to stay on them, you know? Yeah. But then there's always not always a rhyme or reason as to why they are what they are. So I remember, uh, you know, I used to be of the impression that they move around. Right. And I think they do. I'm probably, I think they move around based on hatches. You know what I mean? Cause sure. like the hatches are very different at different times throughout the year. I also think as soon as salmon start moving through the river, it pulls them, Oh yeah. you know, as salmon move up and then salmon drop down to spawn. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think they follow the salmon around a lot depending on what they're doing. Um, and you got to think like that is, I mean, that starts in June and runs through December, right? So right. you got like six months that they're chasing those salmon around, or mm -hmm. at least, 
that that's going to affect their migration. One of the early bushes of salmon last year, we felt it because we had like a decent egg drop for a bit. Like I was yeah. there on a group trip with Chuck and they were yeah. like chowing eggs, right? Yeah. And then like those salmon pushed all the way up past, <laughs> past, past 20. Yeah. You know, into the demilitarized into zone where, you, where we can't guide. Right. Yeah. And then it was just like, it goes down for a while and we think it slowed down significantly. So we think a lot of those trout follow those salmon up. There's the, I Allegedly. absolutely, I think, you know, if you're a Yuba trout and you see a school of Chinooks swim yeah. by, you're like, I'm going to get on that train. Yeah. Right. For that sure. train's going to Chowtown. <laughs> um, the other thing I've noticed too, is in the spring, I started what I never thought much about it until the low water years, but the, there's a few spots that, you know, especially in the upper river where like, if you go over it this time of year, there's just hordes of spawning trout, you know, the right right above the bridge, there's a couple spots and like those trout, there's a lot of trout, you know, in those, in a couple of those shallow tail outs and you can tell they're obviously spawning there's reds and you can see them and, um, there's usually not that many trout in that run. So they obviously move there right. from surrounding yeah, barrios. Sure. So I think that moves them around. And then, you know, the, the only, I think they move around throughout the day to feed like trout do, you know? Um, but the one experience that kind of shot a, uh, shot a hole in, in my theory is I, I couldn't even tell you how long ago this was, but I was sitting in, I think I was right below, uh, the County park Sycamore boat mm. ramp. And the, it, it must've been a while ago because it, it was back when there was a really good run right in front of the boat ramp, kind of that takeout there. Yeah. And, um, this, these two DFG wardens, I know they weren't wardens, they were biologists. They come by in these kayaks and these kayaks have like radio equipment in them. They're kind of outfitted a little nice. I'm like, what are you guys doing? They're like, Oh, we have, you know, sonar and fish finders and we got a ton of we tagged a bunch of fish in here and and i'm like oh well there's no fish in that run i haven't caught a fish in that (laughs) run in fucking like a month and they're like actually we just counted 30 oh what (laughs) yeah and i'm like Ooh, never mind. Uh, well, I this take is that. <laughs> yeah, well, this is like, like, hey, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I have clients in the boat, and I'm just like, that's what's weird about the Uber, though. It's like, barring you know any was weather or major outside factors, it seems like one day to the next, you can just like absolutely have them dialed one day. And oh yeah, the no. Next day, you just hero to zero, dude. Hero to just zero, grinding, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think it makes you a better guide. In a oh way, no, you know? I agree a hundred percent. And like at that time, I remember being convinced that like, it was like December, like it, it was like one of those where it was like, once you got out of spawning salmon, you're like, we're not catching another fish. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was just like, well, there's no fucking fish down here. Like we're just right. motoring through, you know? <laughs> oh no, there's 30 in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot, man. Yeah. And it, so like it, 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 I've always remembered that and who knows, like she could have been counting rocks on the fish finder, uh, right? Yeah. Like who knows? You, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it can be a little sketchy. Yeah. One of them almost hit my buddy, man. They yeah. ran into his boat. It's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing out here? Like I've seen those guys stomping red so bad. I'm like, can you guys stop? Please? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're supposed yeah. To be helping. Yeah. 
the uh, you know the the interns they're hiring yeah, are yeah. not always not the uh, qualified. Yeah, but she seemed pretty sharp, and like they had like they had some fish radio tag that they were they had followed, and but it was one of those things where I I was absolutely convinced there wasn't a fucking fish for like a mile around, uh-huh. you know. And she's like, oh no, we got some radio tag fish up in that run, and then and I'm like, wow. that's cool. Yeah, so I you know I think they move. I think they move a lot. I don't know if they move as much as we think they move. I don't know. You know, I've always, when I used to dive it when I was a kid, when I would, when I would put the snorkel on in the wetsuit and I was much of a kid, I was like late teens. There was not many holes you would jump in that didn't have fish in them. No, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? You would, you know, there's holes where you and me could be like, we haven't fucking caught a fish here in like a year. Uh-huh. or two or three maybe Yeah, that like I would snorkel and yeah, there's not a ton of fish, but there's fish in there's it. There's some fish. There's some fish in it, yeah. you know? And so I've just kind of always been of the mindset of like, they have so much food in that river on uh-huh. a day to day basis that they just, they turn on and turn off. And I think they get very fixated on things. Sure. You, you know, cause there's flat, they're picky. Fly, they're picky they're super For picky. Sure. You know, if you, if you find what they want, they eat it easily. Right. But finding it is incredibly challenging at times because there's flies. I remember I could, I could throw out flies that, you know, you're like, I fucking roped them on this thing for like three years. Now you can't buy a fish on it. And it's like, I don't know why, you know? So that happens on the sack too. Like yes, one yes. of those new flies will come out, and then like word will spread, and yeah, like everyone's throwing it, and then like it seems like a year later they're not really. Eating. You know what's Nothing funny about that though? Since like I don't guide the sack that much anymore. Like I went up there with the boys like probably two or three weeks ago, and through all the old shit, which let's be real is old shit now because uh-huh. I haven't guided it that much in a long time. Yeah, and like I caught fish on yeah. it. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that new shit. <laughs> it's like they're dumb still pa- eating dumb paradigons. Who needs yeah, paradigons? Paradigons, jig flies, Euro trash. Euro trash. Uh, I was like, they're gonna eat an amber wing <laughs> in a bird's nest and a rubber leg. <laughs> so I'm sure they did. Oh, they did. They did. They did. So I, I was like, okay, the world is at ease, sure. you know. But I, I don't have that experience on the Yuba. Like I try, I'll. I'll dig deep into the fly box. When we were out there the other day, I'm like, let's see if this fish is, Oh, fuck. Nope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I, they, they, they have that, like that fly is dead to me mentality. I think, you know, you think so? I don't, I, I, my experience, they do like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not out there that much anymore. So I don't even really have much yeah, to base I don't it know, off. Man, of. I probably catch more fish on the Valley rivers on your, all of S and M than anything else. Yeah, that's what everybody except, says. Except for a bead. <laughs> you know what's so disheartening about that is like, I thought about one time I was, I don't know who I was talking to, but like, I like if I had never released I that, asked you that, that was you. I yeah, yeah, yeah. You, do you even understand how good you would have it if you had never? I'd be a fucking legend. The S and M, dude. You'd yeah, just be crushing. For, you could like make sure no clients took pictures of it. Yeah, and trying to replicate it. Nothing would just be. That was you. That's right. And I never had thought of that, but then I started <laughs> thinking about that, and I'm just like, 
wow, that would have been a thing. Yeah, people would be like, what's this fly? You're like, I don't know. I just kind of whipped it up. Yeah, shit, cut that shit off. It's nothing. It's dumb. (laughs) Man, you know, young bull, old bull. At the time, I was like, I need to be well known. I need to make money. I need to to be a fly tire. Well, you're definitely well known. (laughs) I could have doubt about that. Yeah. But now but I can't. also now everyone fishes yeah. the S and M. Now everybody you know, flosses my rivers. It's rumors. too late. It's yeah. too late. <laughs> that was you, because I that got in my head for dude, a minute. I've thought about that for a long time, because dude, like the redheaded stepchild and the S and M. I'm just like, why did he tell anybody about that? <laughs> like, I hope the fly companies paid him really well. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. But, like, I would have kept these on the low low for sure. <laughs> That's and when you told me that, that's when we were riding down to the Calabastian event. That's yeah. I think that was it. Yeah, like that shit got in my head. Like I was like, wow, I could have really fucked that's up. A good question. That's a great question, Captain Ben Thompson. Why did I do that? I could have been a let. You know, I could have just, just been the guy just doubled over every time. People were like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Yeah, uh, uh, life choices, poor ones, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably still be living in the same house or on the same boat, driving the same (laughs) used truck, but you know, whatever. So guide life. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, uh, what else you got going on? Um, I know you've been spending a lot of time out on Orville. Yeah. So this is your, what? Second season on Orville. Yep. Yep. Second season on Orville. Last year was awesome. This year has been, uh, been been great i mean winter obviously can be a little more grindy at times for sure but that spring bite is kicking in and yeah um, they're starting to chow and over the last week we've saw some some really nice there's some fish. been some big fish yeah yeah we had a, like a three pound 12 ounce spot the other day we, yeah we've, we've we're consistently finding some good ones too yeah um and you know now that allegedly the the rain is done, yeah, the weather seems to be stabilizing. It's supposed to be like eighty this week. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there Saturday and Sunday. It's gonna so feel like hundred and ten. I know. I'm gonna be baked. I'm like, I need to go buy sunscreen or something like yeah. for my hands. Yeah. But uh, yeah, super excited for the spring bite out there. I have a lot of clients that did that last year that are stoked to come back again. Yeah. And um, get after it. You know, a lot of grand grandfather and grand. It's great for kids. It's great to yeah. Yeah, it's great to get your kids, grandkids yep. out there. It's it's pretty fun. fun, you know, very kid friendly and yeah, and that's a blast. And so yeah, I'll be basically bouncing around. I mean, thank goodness the storms are over and stuff is picked but picked up this month. It was a little it was scratchy. <laughs> touch and there. go, touch it was and go, a touch and go winner at the Thompson <laughs> household. Fortunately, my wife started subbing. You know that helped out. It got yeah. a little scratchy there, but uh, you know didn't have to go get a regular job. So. Uh, yeah, busy again, and yeah, bouncing between the rivers uh, over the next month, and then obviously stuff's going to clear up even more, and stripers yeah. going to be in play, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting after it again this year. Stripers yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. You, me, and Chuck out there all summer guiding stripers. It's going to be a fun time out on the river. Yeah. There's plenty of water. You know, as you said, the lake's been great. We fished the lake. Me and the boys were out on the lake. Or no, I was guiding like three days last week, and. Uh, it felt like spring. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, and I think, and I, I, it really seems like, you know, how bass lakes kind of start to ramp up, like Orville's ramping up for sure in size. Yeah. Yeah. Like those fish are consistently the last two years gotten bigger on average and bigger. And I'm sure that'll plateau at some point, but I mean, there was even, um, Williams buddy got a, 
how big was that? It's a 12 pound largemouth. Yeah, a 12 pound largemouth. Yeah, that's big anywhere. Yeah. 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 So, and that, you know, that was not when I first started going out there a while back with Ryan and Chuck, like it was not like they were not, it was not a big fish thing. Right. Like they were a lot smaller. So it's nice to see, man. I mean, you sure. And just the fish are fat right now too. Oh yeah. Just mutinly puking up, you know, the Wagasaki. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, and I think, I don't know what's funny about that too, is last week when I was out there, like it's not as full as I have seen it in previous years. Uh huh it's it's full obviously like it's you know i don't know how far would from the top would you say it is like 10 feet maybe yeah it's between 10 and 15 probably yeah from the top yeah. and i remember and obviously this is and probably, it still seems to be fluctuating a little bit yeah so and it, it obviously it's probably not going to get this high because that they had issues with the dam last time it got this high but <laughs> uh it, it i've seen it higher but i i they got to start dumping water pretty soon. So, you know, to make room for all that snow, but yeah, yeah it's going to be great out there. I imagine through first part of June, you know? Yeah. But yeah. then when June hits, you know, the yeah. wakeboard, boats. the wakeboard crew, Once there's X amount of wakeboard boats. I'm kind of out of there. Yeah. Know? No, me too. I saw my first wakeboat wakeboard trailer and then I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's there was even a jet skier out the other day. There was, was like, jet skiers oh, out there man, the other day too. Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Give me, cause it's like, we haven't had our time out there yet before they show up. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's great. So then stripers into the summer yep. and then stripers and hoppers all summer. Obviously I'm always going, uh, chasing trout on the lower sack, you know, yeah. it's always a stable, Yeah. That's gotta be, that'll be a pretty option. good. It's yeah. going to be great, man. Yeah. All those swirls are going to be fishing down yeah. low, you know, yeah. towards bend and, Red Bluff to Losmo and it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be great. You know? Now how far how far down because you've been up there a bit, how far down are you able to fish now clarity wise? So from um <clears throat> down to balls for sure. And then yeah. Cottonwood Cottonwood Creek cleared up for a couple days and then blew out again just the other gotcha. day. As of today or yesterday, I'm not sure. It could be fishing yeah. again below that. But, but uh, that's kind of the zone for the most part, down to balls. Yeah, yeah. so from the top yeah. down to balls for sure is, is yeah. all clean and good. And it's just going to keep clearing up below that with this nice weather. Yeah, cool. Well, where can everyone reach you if they're interested in getting a hold of you? Uh, so Ben Thompson or uh, Ben Thompson outdoors.com uh, on Instagram, Ben Thompson Outdoors. And yeah, you can book a, call me anytime. Um, on the Cal Bass Union website. Yes, you are. Shout out Cal Bass Union. Yes, that's right. And um, yeah, rocking all year on the Feather Yuba Sack in Lake Orville. All right. Well, yeah. Hey, it was great talking with you, Ben. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to have you on again. But uh, if anyone have any questions on the Yuba or any of those fisheries, I would definitely look Ben up. And uh, you'll be hearing more from Ben as he is a very active part of the Cal Bass Union and probably see him out on the river with Chuck and I at various times throughout the year. So. Everyone take care. Thanks to our sponsors, Loon Outdoors and Sierra Nevada Brewing. And we will talk to you next time. No better, fish better. Part of the Barbless Podcast Network. Special thanks to our sponsors. Without them, this show would not be possible. Like this episode? Leave a review. 